This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have it. That's right. Today we are talking about cilantro, or as my, my child June said cilantro (laughs) june was like why are you doing an episode on cilantro does june know that it's a food podcast i think june has heard about that um but i think that june may be one of those people who has the the gene and we're going to talk about this okay and we're also joined by a special guest today we do we have so we're recording the dog yeah we're recording this outside in the park because as we're recording this it's late summer so this show is coming out in early November, but we are here to to remind everybody that it once was summer. No, but you should and imagine us like in the park with like a light <laughs> dusting of snow on the ground and we're wearing these big chunky scarves. Yeah. Oh God, that's so cute and, wool and cozy. And and just like shivering together for over a cup of hot cocoa. Just and one some cup cilantro. of hot cocoa yeah. that we're sharing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a it's, it's sort of a Dickensian time oh, for us. Okay, okay. Anyway, so we're recording this at the park. You may hear some sounds you don't usually hear, and we have my not quite five month old puppy, Gilbert, with us. So far, so good. But yeah. let's get this show moving. And there's a there's a big ass uh, mower around somewhere that might drop by. Yeah, it's going to be great. Make a big mowing noise. Okay. Um, but this is all really fitting because I think of cilantro as uh, it, I think of it as like a really refreshing flavor, like the kind of thing that goes with like warm weather. Yeah, I definitely eat it year round, but I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get right down to it. So uh, also, we should say that we've done an episode on fresh herbs. Yeah, where I'm sure we mentioned cilantro. Okay. But we're doing a full-on cilantro. Full-on salon, we call it. Full-on salon. Wait, salon is already a word. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. So, Matthew... Tell me about your memory lane for cilantro. Okay, so I don't have any like specific like way back memory lane. I've always liked cilantro, um, but like I, I didn't really think about it much until probably until in like the year 2000, I think, I took a Thai curry class in Bangkok, Thailand. Ugh. And uh, that's when I learned about cilantro roots. Yes. That, uh, you know, when you buy cilantro like in a, in a uh, Western supermarket, it's going to be sold with the roots 
taken off, but yes. they, it has these uh, it's kind of long white roots. They almost look like tiny parsnips. They, they look like tiny parsnips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, those get pounded into curry paste for for Thai curries and are like an essential ingredient for like a real Thai curry. Okay. Not not every type of Thai. I curry, didn't but realize many they times. get pounded yeah. into the paste. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. Well, we're going to come back to talking about cilantro roots, and maybe you could talk a little bit more about, about them in a minute. Yeah. So I've got I've got a little bit more memory lane. Do you want to go back and forth sure. on memory lane? So, you know, this is kind of weird, but one of my, one of my most fond, like, uh, long-ago memories of cilantro involves some sort of, like, large family get-together where my half-siblings and their spouses were all there. And they're on the East Coast, so I don't actually get to see them that much, but... When we get together, we do always cook a lot, as you can imagine. Sure. And I remember my sister-in-law, Susan, had some really great cherry tomatoes, and she chilled them a little bit, which I know a lot of people, like, I think that, uh, yeah, people are of mixed opinions about chilling tomatoes. Anyway, she chilled them for, like, a few hours, so they were a little bit cool, and then she put them, this was like a snack while we were cooking, she put them in a bowl and put like a good amount of salt on them and then just chopped fresh cilantro and it was hot outside and like there wasn't even any olive oil or anything it was just really good tomatoes that were cold salt and then chopped fresh cilantro and it was so refreshing to like pop one of those in your mouth like while you were cooking and it was hot outside nice god i mean it sounds like nothing but it was so much better than the sum of its parts yeah yeah Okay, another cilantro memory for me is uh, the spicy cilantro chicken at Sichuanese Cuisine in the International District mm-hmm. in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a, it's a little Chinese restaurant that uh, teenager of the show, December, and I would uh, would always go to after Japanese school on Saturdays, after, okay. after I picked them up from Japanese school, okay. uh, b- before they were a teenager. And okay. so we'd go to this place, and like when we first started going there, the only thing they wanted to get was uh, the, the fried dumplings. Okay. Um, and like I would get something else, and then they would just like eat a bunch of fried dumplings. Um, and then we we graduated to the sharing the spicy cilantro chicken. And I remember like it was right around the time they started to appreciate spicy foods and not reject foods that had a little something green in them. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, and so uh, this this felt like a big step. It's, it's a really good dish. Awesome. Okay, wait. And which restaurant is that? Uh, Sichuanese, Sichuanese cuisine, cuisine in the International District at Twelfth and Jackson. Okay. Cool. Which they keep they keep saying they're going to redevelop that block, but it so far has not happened, and the restaurant is still there. Great. Okay. Good. Good news. Well, my other early cilantro memory, and this was maybe middle school or high school, this was like the peak of, or what I always think of as like the peak of Martha Stewart living. Do you remember? Yes. Like, so my mom used to have a subscription to Martha Stewart living, and like, I just, I remember the format from back then. Oh, yeah. The calendar. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure she still has this, but yeah, but yeah like, like all the shit Martha is going to do this month. The one, like, that, the one that I always remember is... <laughs> Train my clematis to the trellis. <laughs> exactly. I was trying to come up with one yeah. that, like, I was going to say, like, curry the horses. But... No, no, it's like, it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but do you remember how there used to be, um, like, a page in there that was more like cardstock instead oh, yes. uh-huh. of regular glossy paper? And it would have four recipes yep. and they were perforated. This, this was and... like a precursor to, to Martha Stewart Everyday Food, like the spin off yes, magazine exactly. that existed for a while that was really good. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that this recipe that I'm thinking of was one of those ones on the little cardstock, like perforated thing. And it was, I think it was called spicy tomato soup with cilantro stems. Okay. 
And it was just a regular old, like, non-dairy tomato soup. I think my mom used to buy those pomi tomatoes (laughs) in in the Tetra Pak. Yeah. And anyway, it was a really simple tomato soup. It had red onion. And it used, uh, you cooked cilantro stems into it. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit about why we don't often, at least uh, I don't often cook cilantro or it kind of goes on toward the end. But anyway, this one, you would cook the stems into it, but they would still keep a little crunch. Okay. So you would like, you would like cut them into like centimeter long sections. All right. And then I think it was garnished with the leaves. But it was really good. Sort of like a gnocchi mushrooms, only cilantro. Uh, yes, exactly. Anyway, then you would serve it with a big dollop of sour cream. And I don't really like sour cream, but as you can imagine, I mean, it, it was just really fresh and delicious and it, it it wanted the kind of creaminess of the sour cream. Remember when we did a whole episode on sour cream and we kept having to taste it? God, I still think about that. That was, it was, it was like probably that the was... most difficult experience of my life, except for the episode <laughs> where I had to taste egg salad. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, th- this is this is why we why we got a dog. There's there's like cute dog stuff happening there's, just just out of frame. You can probably smell it. There's so much cute dog and child stuff yeah. happening right now. Anyway, okay, let me ask you this, and yeah. this may be a personal question. Oh, are cilantro and coriander the same thing, or are they two different things? Okay, so here's the deal. So uh, let's clear up this confusion. So they both come from the same plant. All okay, right. like like hemp and the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. I love that you feel like you can't say the word for what it is. <laughs> well, Great. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, so in the U.S., cilantro is the word that we use for the plant's leaves and stem, while coriander is the name we use for the dried seed of the same plant. Right. But that's, okay. that's not the same dichotomy that's established everywhere, though, right? Because I feel so, like I can hear, like, Gordon Ramsay or some yep. English chef saying, coriander. Yes, get ready. So everywhere else in the world, pretty much, the leaves and stems are called coriander. Okay. Okay. And then the seeds are called coriander seeds. All right. So this makes makes a lot of sense, right? So actually this goes back to like, there was a little bit of memory lane that I left uh, untrod back when I was working on my first book, Hungry Monkey, uh, like teenager of the show, December and I, who definitely wasn't a teenager then, uh, we grew some cilantro on our balcony because I was like, I need some material for this book. (laughs) Um, Maybe we could like grow something together. And we found that like it was easy to grow. It bolted really quickly and then produced coriander seeds which I'd never oh, seen like so growing cool. before and then we we you know we waited for them to like mature and we like dried them and and then like tasted the coriander seeds that we had grown ourselves uh-huh. it was it was fairly satisfying oh that's very cool so I, I think also right off the bat we should get to the conversation about why coriander or cilantro let's we're gonna call it cilantro yeah. for the purposes of this episode why it is that it tastes bad to a lot of people all right let's do it okay so people actually perceive the taste of cilantro differently I mean like the, the way that their bodies interpret the taste is is different okay right? so here's the deal it's a genetic thing so there's a gene in the human body that's related to smell. And for some people who have this particular genetic situation, 
their bodies are able to detect a certain type of molecule in like the odorant substances of cilantro. Okay. And it makes cilantro taste like soap. So this would be like a difference in the taste receptors. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I was wondering if it was like on the tongue or in the brain. I think it's, I mean, it's, I don't know where it's, where the gene is actually expressed, but it sure seems like the receptors. I think, yeah. If they're able, yeah. So basically, if you're one of those people for whom cilantro tastes like soap, it's that your body is actually able to perceive a certain molecule in the odorant molecules of cilantro that the rest of us just aren't aren't noticing. So the wait, so those people are like better than us? Don't tell them. Okay. Okay. But anyway, so here's the deal. Basically, it what's interesting to me is that this genetic variation is like unevenly distributed across the globe. Okay. So something like almost 20% of like people of white European descent have this genetic variation. All right. A little higher percentage, like 21% of East Asians have it, whereas like only 7% of South Asians, uh, 4% of people of Hispanic origin. So it's interesting. I, you know. Okay, I, so I have a question about this. Are these numbers the result of genetic testing or the result of giving people cilantro and asking them whether it tastes bad? Because you know it what? seems like you, those would come to extreme could come to very different results. That's correct. Different you know, you would think that this show would be rigorous enough that I would Did be you, able to answer that. Were you the that, principal investigator but, on, on I was, this study? I was. This is how I got my PhD, <laughs> okay. everybody. My, I have a PhD in, in uh, uh, botany. Because no, not botany. It seems uh, like... Ethnobotany. Ethnobotany. There yes, we go. Absolutely. There we Cause, go. Because it seems like you could find, like, you know... A prevalence of this of this gene of you know this genotype in a population that nevertheless you know eats cilantro regularly because they grew up with it as part of their cuisine, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's, it's it, like I don't I don't think you can like necessarily tease the tease these things apart and say like like you know everybody who has you know who has this genotype dislikes cilantro because yes. you can learn to like things sure. that you know. Well, that, like, I, I right. really love a lot of, like, bitter-flavored right. liqueurs and things, which, you know, could taste like poison to someone. <laughs> right. And, like, you know, there are there are different, you know, big, like, broad differences in how people uh, perceive bitter flavors, but you can't necessarily conclude from that that, you know, like, someone is a su- who is a super taster doesn't like black coffee. That's right. right. That's exactly right. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I just discovered on the way over here this morning that I think my kid may have this genetic variation. Yeah. Because they said to me, like, oh, it tastes really soapy to me. And I said, I, well, I didn't know that. But the interesting thing is Brandon and I both like the taste of cilantro. Like it tastes non-soapy. So maybe it's, maybe it's a recessive trait? Maybe it's a recessive trait. gene. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're the principal investigator, That's so true. I defer to you That's on true. this. Yes. Anyway, so that was kind of inconclusive, but basically, uh, <laughs> basically I still got my PhD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, your, your dissertation was like a page and a half, and yeah. it was double spaced. It was. It was. Like, yeah, and I had, I had like two inch margins all the way around. <laughs> in conclusion, more research is needed. Yeah. yeah. Like, anyway. my, my kid is about to go to college and uh, and like I think I think you're you can't really get away with these tricks anymore because I think you probably just like submit could, everything like electronically. I don't think you could ever get away with these tricks. <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you, what, what? But I but I thought I was so smart. Te- oh, okay. So hold on. Now let's let's teachers talk- don't notice margins. No. Okay. Let's talk about like what this stuff 
is because this plant has been around I mean kind of like a lot of the things that we've been talking about on this show lately and forever this plant has been around for a very long time yeah things like dried fruit um, French toast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so I genuinely forget like immediately oh my like, god I can't Big believe time. I came up with dried fruit I can't fruit. believe you did either because I think we did French toast like episode 80 or I something. think you're right I don't remember what was the other one we did on the dried fruit day <laughs> I don't know I don't know either. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So what what is cilantro and how does it fit into the beautiful family that we call the plant kingdom? Okay. So, <laughs> wow, I have a lot of typos in the agenda today. <laughs> cilantro. Well, you, you wrote this agenda on horseback, right? I did. I did. Uh, cilantro is a plant that's native to and grows wild in a broad swath of Southern Europe and Western Asia. Okay. So this stuff has been grown for a long time. And because it's pretty widely distributed, it's really difficult to distinguish where it grows wild from where it's been introduced sure. and cultivated. Um, in any case... Apparently, some, Matthew, maybe you can tell us what oh these boy. are. Coriander maricarps. I know what that is. Okay, what's a maricarp? Okay, on a, a maricarp plant? is a piece of a schizocarp. Jesus. <laughs> Come on now. Okay, so <laughs> a, a schizocarp is a fruit type that's like like uh, got a bunch of like hard seedy fruitlets in it. So, okay. like, they're not typically so, edible. So, on the coriander plant, what would be a maricarp? Like, where would it be? Uh, it's, it's it's in like the part that the the like umbly seedy producing part. Okay. Um. So so like an example of a maricarp is you know you can you can visualize like a like a pair of maple keys right that would fall off a maple tree. Yes, yeah. So that's a schizocarp, and if you pull them apart, each one is a, it's maricarp. a maricarp. Okay. So Matthew, here's the cool thing. So 500 milliliters of coriander maricarps were found in the tomb of Tutankhamun. Really? Yes. Okay. Isn't that cool? Uh, we, we went to the King Tut exhibit at the Science Museum years ago. I've been to it too. I did, did they display these maricarps? I wish they had. Okay. I wish they had. And because the plant doesn't grow wild in Egypt, you know, the thinking then is that it must have been cultivated by ancient Egyptians. So that's a long time ago. That makes sense. Speaking of the Science Museum, uh, Teenager of the Show December and I did just go see Dark Side of the Moon at the Laser Dome. And it was so great. Wow. That's like, awesome. I, thought, I, I was like, maybe like three people are going to be there but no like a bunch of young people were there and there's like a camp out area in the front mm -hmm. and they like brought their their blankets and stuff and like lay down like it was so cool that's awesome so here's the deal yeah this stuff's been around for a real long time there's a papyrus text from around 1550 bc that mentions the use of coriander oh sorry can you excuse me i'm getting a papyrus text oh. <laughs> that's really funny Thank you. <laughs> okay. <Me> dad. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I, I think this is a good point to, to have a little visit from Mr. Etymology. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, can you bring him on? Oh, okay, yes. So uh, the first, the word, cor wait, am I introducing? <laughs> yeah, you're channeling Mr. <laughs> Etymology, okay? <laughs> uh, this, is, this is great. I, I, I predict Mr. in episode 566, I predict that, uh, what's what's 566 times 2? 1132. I predict that by episode 1132, we're really going to have gotten the hang of this. Oh, God, I can't wait until this show is just like a well-oiled... Um, Whoa. This... A well-oiled uh, coriander seed. Mmm, maricarps. <laughs> but but look okay. at this. Okay. Episode five sixty six is airing on eleven three twenty two, which if you lop off the last two is five sixty six times two. 
numerology. Whoa, that's it, it's really me, cool, Mr. Dude. Numerology. <laughs> okay. Okay, and now I'm taking off my Mr. Numerology mask like Scooby-Doo style and now I'm Mr. <laughs> Etymology. Okay, great. The word coriander first showed up in English in the late 14th century, uh, and it derives from the old French coriandre, which comes from the Latin coriandrum, which comes from the ancient Greek word that I will not attempt to reproduce here, which, according to Wikipedia, is possibly related to or derived from the word for bed bug. <laughs> Uh, which is which is where Mr. Etymology starts to get skeptical, uh, supposedly because of its fetid bug, bed bug-like smell. Oh, what do like when I found this on Wikipedia, I was like, do bed bugs have a smell? I, I was about to say the exactly I mean, I the same like thing. I feel like there needs to be some wood around here that I can knock on, but I've never had bed bugs. I've yeah, I've never had bed bugs either. But like now, like as soon as we get home <laughs> to to our podcast marital bed, it's gonna be. <laughs> full of fetid bugs. Um, so, okay, I do doubt this etymology because yeah, yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense. However, having said that, as I'm sure everyone who buys cilantro knows, it goes oh, bad really God. quickly and it liquefies and smells terrible. It smells horrible. Yeah. Horrible. There is probably some liquid cilantro in my crisper drawer right now. Oh, I buy God. it all the time and I don't take good care of it. It's one of those things where, you know, Seattle has really good municipal composting, but if I accidentally let my my cilantro, you know, liquefy or rot, like I can't bear to take it out of the plastic oh, to compost exact. it because yes, it smells yes. so bad. I have to just throw the whole thing away. And I know we're supposed to be like putting it like, you know, uh, standing up in, in some water yeah, or something, yeah, but mm. I'm not going to do that. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast paced world, Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. I want to talk about, like, the word cilantro, yeah, where yeah. that came in. So cilantro is the Spanish word for coriander. That makes sense. Which also dry, uh, derives from the Latin coliandrum. And its use in American English is probably due to the fact that the herb is extensively used in Mexican cuisine. Yeah, I mean, that. I think that's probably where I first encountered it. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, I mean, let's talk about how we use it. I mean, the thing is, is, so the leaves from, from cilantro are used all over the world, in cooking all over the world. 
And for the most part, it's it's used raw or added just before serving. Yeah, the, that's, the that's usually are. how I use it. Yeah, because heat diminishes their their flavor. Yeah, I've so, definitely noticed that. Yeah, I think in some parts of the world, maybe uh, India, Central Asia, uh, often cilantro is used. Cilantro leaves are used in large amounts, and they're they're cooked for sure. a while. But that's not how I usually encounter them. Yeah, which I, when I when I've encountered that way, like like you know, like a cilantro soup that has like a large amount in it, that can be very good also. Yes. So in what context do you use the leaves? Okay. So I use cilantro a lot, but not in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. I would say. So uh, I make uh, I make a roasted tomatillo salsa mm. like all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it's just uh, tomatillos, serranos, garlic, um, and uh, uh, onion and cilantro. Okay. There's. What uh, about pico de gallo? Do you put it in your pico de gallo? I put it in gallo? my pico de gallo. I put it in my pico de gallo yesterday. Oh wow! How timely. Yes. How timely. What about you? Know what I I I forgot about till I was gathering ideas for this show is um, cilantro mint chutney at Indian yes. restaurants. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, and it always keeps a really vibrant color. I guess cilantro though doesn't necessarily turn brown the way that basil does. Right. It's more. It's more like if it gets cooked, it'll it'll lose its color. Yeah. But. Yeah. What about? Do you put it in guacamole? Uh, I never make guacamole because I don't like avocados. But oh, uh, producer right. Abby reminded me recently. I, recently, I think I said on the show like, "There's no way we did an avocado episode because I hate avocados." But no, we, we did. did. We yeah. did. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a salad that I wrote about an age ago on the blog. Literally the first year of doing Orangette, and I, I think it was also in my first book. Is a salad that has like a whole bunch of chicory type things in it, uh, radicchio and endive. Then avocado, radishes, cilantro, and feta. Okay. I think I called it like a spring chopped salad or something. And cilantro is so good in there. It's like such a weird mix of of like bitter and like bright flavors. And it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. How? I mean, I always think about this. How do you describe the flavor of cilantro leaves? I was I was afraid you were about to ask that because yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. I know. I don't know. Like you know, you hear people say like you know, lemony or yeah. herbal, which is which is the same as herbal means nothing. Um, I I found a lot of descriptions of it as being like citrusy. And yeah, I, just I don't never I don't think, think it that. is. It goes well with citrus, but I don't think of it as citrusy itself. I was about to say like a bright kind of grassy flavor, but it's not grassy. Yeah. I'm going to come back around to herbal. Yeah. uh Uh Nutty. Maybe it's nutty. No, it's It's not. not. Um, yesterday I was, uh, I was making pod crapau, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like, uh, stir fry, stir fry ground meat with, uh, with lots of basil, um, and, uh, fish sauce and, uh, and chilies and garlic. Uh, and I went out to the balcony to pick some basil mm-hmm. and, uh, we've got some kind of maturing basil out on the balcony and my hands smelled so good after I went and picked uh, that basil. Oh my God. This morning when I took Gilbert out, I was looking at the, again, we're recording this in August. No, seriously, smell my hand. Uh, I, I was looking at our tomato plants and I have a couple that have, you know, like that funny like scab that you sometimes find on like the bottom of a yeah. tomato. I'm sure there's like a name for this and I it's should. called the funny scab. The funny scab. Anyway, one of the tomatoes on my, my plants had one of those and I was trying to 
get rid of the Evidence? that particular fruit. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure if it's like something contagious or not. I don't know. I mean, probably not to humans. Well, but what about to other tomatoes? Oh, I don't know about that. Anyway, somebody's going to write in and let me know what okay. that like scabby thing on the bottom is. Anyway, but uh, oh my God, I went back inside and I, I don't know, I lifted my coffee cup to my mouth or something and got this whiff of tomato leaves and it was so Yeah, good. I know what you mean. So good. Okay, let's talk about the the seeds. Okay, but I do have more uses of cilantro oh, that I haven't even gotten to. Yet. Okay, and we're still okay. talking about the leaves here. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use some tonight. This, you are? this very night. Oh my god! Um, uh, I'm making from uh, from friend of the show uh, Xiao Ching Chow's book uh, Chinese Soul Food. Mm-hmm. I'm making. Uh, it's like. Uh, uh, is it Xiaobing with, that are the sesame sesame flatbreads? I love that you think I would know okay, this. Okay, I think so. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm making sesame flatbreads and and uh, and like you know cutting them open to serve as like sandwiches with like red braised beef and putting a bunch of cilantro leaves on that oh, God, and, and that stems too. So like as long good. as, as, long yeah. as like, like, you know yeah, yeah. cut them cut them to to like reasonable lengths. Yes. For, for getting in your mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, cilantro stems are delicious. I mean, basically yeah. they, they taste like the leaves. And have like a little crunch. Yeah, it's just like you, you don't want to get one that's like too long that that's uh, right. that becomes like like Woody. a hair in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. So it's you know that's similar a similar use of cilantro to uh, and another thing I will be making sometime soon uh, guabao the uh, like uh, leaf leaf shaped uh, steamed steamed buns with uh, pork belly uh, like hoisin sauce and cilantro oh. pickles like pickled cucumbers so good. Oh, God, that sounds fantastic. And cilantro in large quantities goes into what we at our house just call the dressing, which is, it's a Cook's Illustrated uh, episode, Cook's Illustrated recipe. Is this what you use on your steak salad? No, the steak salad dressing is is like a lemon, uh, like lemon juice, uh, olive oil, garlic, and parsley. Okay, okay. Um, this dressing is what we use on our taco salad. So you have had this also. Okay. Um, oh, this is what I'm thinking of. It's the of. cilantro yes. lime vinaigrette. So you blend up. Uh, let me see if I can do all the ingredients off the top of my head. Olive oil, lime juice, cilantro, like a jalapeno or a couple of serrano chilies, shallot, <sighs> cumin, I think that's it. Have you posted this it's recipe so good. somewhere? I was just going to say, like, I need to, this is going to go in the show notes. Even if I posted it before, I'm going to put it in the show notes because, like, all you, and then you just blend it up. That's it. And that's the whole long, recipe. How long does it keep? Like, a t- couple days. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, God, that sounds great. It's so, it's my favorite dressing. And I imagine you could put that on all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like uh, tacos. Like, I put some. I think it would even be, I mean, again, back to tomatoes because we're in tomato time, but. Even like just sliced fresh tomatoes with that on top, like yeah. drizzled on top. Oh my god, I so good! I put some on a burger recently when we had some leftover. Oh, it was so good. Yum. Okay, I think that's it for for my cilantro usages. Okay, uh, and let's let's talk about the seeds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay, because uh, I do use those quite a bit. Too. Yes, absolutely. So the seeds, you know, you can buy them either either whole dried seeds or ground. Mm-hmm. And often, when you're using the whole ones, you roast them or toast them in the pan to like release their yeah. their fragrance before you get started. Of course, they go into garam masala. Yep, uh, and many Indian curries. Um, have you ever? <laughs> I remember coming out of an Indian restaurant, like in Oklahoma City, like it, it, like one of the first places I probably ever ate Indian food. And there was a bowl of like toasted coriander seeds by the door, like where there might yeah. be like a bowl of mints. Right. 
at the time it seemed wild to me, but now it makes total sense to me. Like what a little breath freshener. That's yeah, great. Sometimes they're, they're like an ingredient in like, I don't know what the, what the word for it is, but like, like sort of like a breath freshening mix yes. of like little crunchy bits. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Which is, which is always so, so good. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you, um, I don't know if this recipe is finished with cilantro or not. I can't remember. But uh, you know the the famous uh, Instant Pot uh, butter chicken? That's from... right. We talk about it in pretty much every episode did of I tell, show. Did I mention on the show the, the story about uh, of that involving that at work recently? No. Um, so someone someone uh, that I work with posted and said, uh, do, does anyone have a, uh, a recipe they like for butter chicken? I've made the two sleevers one, but it but it uh, just like didn't real wasn't really uh, you know didn't have the flavor Matthew, that I was expecting. Matthew, I think you might have told this this same anecdote on last week's show. Okay, great, cool. <laughs> no, no, but finish it. No, no, I'm not. I, no, I can't. Finish no, finish it go. because because what if you didn't? What if you just told me personally, but the <laughs> listeners don't know yet? Okay, so first, I mean, the reason I was going to tell it now is because is because like I started out by being that guy who was like, "Did you make your own garam masala?" Oh. Because oh God, because you really should, um, but uh, but then it turned out that they were using uh, four tablespoons of butter instead of four ounces of butter, and then when they made it with all the butter, it was much better. Oh God, yeah, four <laughs> ounces versus four tablespoons. So tune is in that, next is week that... when I'll be telling that story again. It's gonna be it's gonna become <laughs> Shoot, my, <laughs> like uh, my, my puppy is chewing on our audio cords. Yes, hang on. Also, I need to, I did like call Molly out for for false advertising because Molly just went to horse camp and told me that she was coming back with a cowboy hat, and this is clearly a straw hat. It's a straw hat, but it's what the Wranglers wear. Yeah, no, it does say sun body horse. Oh, no, that says hats. Never mind. Uh, outside of Asia, you often encounter it in pickling brines. Sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, used in sausages, particularly in Germany and yep. South Africa. Uh, used in used in chili powders. Mm, I like, didn't like know when that. I, when I make uh, like uh, homemade taco meat, like I'll make I'll make a chili powder with uh, you know with some ground dried chilies, uh, ground cumin, ground coriander, and I do grind my own seeds because it makes me feel like I'm doing something. Yes. Well, no, it makes a difference. Sure. Sort of. <laughs> Uh, anyway, coriander seeds are also used in certain styles of beer, especially Belgian oh, wheat beers. I think I did know that. Yeah, they lend kind of a you know a citrusy flavor. Here we are back to trying to to describe this this flavor. I think you know what I will buy the citrusy flavor for uh, for the coriander seeds, seeds more yeah. so than leaves. Yeah. Okay. What about the flavor of the root? So when you used them in Thai curry pastes, I mean, apparently the root has a deeper and like more intense flavor than the leaves. But Yeah. So I, you know, honestly, like I don't remember if I tasted the root straight, straight up. And it's not an ingredient that's easy to find in Seattle. I think they probably like it at like the uh, uh, Mekong supermarket on okay. Rainier. They probably often carry them. Okay. But like even even like at, at Wajamaya or, or M2M, so like, it would probably don't need to be like a, a specialty Thai market. Especially Thai, Thai, yeah. like Cambodian or Lao market, probably. Okay. Gosh, I mean, I feel like there are so many more things we could say about cilantro, but I think we've, I think we've done enough. Yeah, no, I mean, because, because like you said, it's like so widely distributed throughout the world. Like, you know, there are like a hundred common ways of using cilantro that we didn't mention on the show. Yeah, for sure. And then that's because we're dismissing them. (laughs) Exactly. That's how you should read into everything that we don't say. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, yes. (laughs) This, this show establishes the canon. Matthew. Yes. Do we have any segments today? Oh, we do. We have a now but wow. Great.
This is a book that I just started reading that I'm very excited about um, called The Loophole by Nas Kutub. Mm. And, Wait, uh, how'd you hear about this? So... That's a good question. I'm going to say it was probably one of those Goodreads emails of like, you know, yes. here are some new books in your genre that uh, that you probably don't have time to read. Okay. But this one I'm making time for because I'm really enjoying it so far. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to read uh, like just the first paragraph of the book because I enjoyed it so much. If I could make a wish, it would be for less blah in my life. Seriously, it's been a bit much. My boyfriend broke up with me three months ago. My dad's a tyrant I can't wait to escape from. And I've just burned this hipster's croissant for the second time today. So the uh, our main character is Syed, who's an Indian Muslim kid who only cares about one thing in the world, which is getting back together with his ex-boyfriend. And uh, while he is thinking about this and burning a croissant, a woman who might be a genie slams into the front window of the coffee shop, gives herself a concussion, and gives Syed three wishes in exchange for helping her up. This and, uh, is delightful. So, of course, he fir- wishes first for a million dollars, which she provides. And uh, then, as you might expect, things don't go entirely as planned yeah, from there. Yeah. So this is this is like a it's, it's just a really fun book so far. It gets into some real issues as well. But uh, like, you know, it's it's just got like energy to it that Great. I really enjoy. So that's The Loophole by Nas Katub. Yep. And the last name is spelled K-U-T-U-B. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Check it out. Uh, so our producer is Abby Circatella. Who's really going to have to work for this episode. Oh my God. I'm so sorry, Abby. You can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. You can rate and review our hats. Uh, if you could only see them. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners at reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Yeah, you can ask them, like, what hats are you wearing these days? <laughs> at literally it's, and the, figuratively. The Reddit, the Reddit is really, like, taking a, a hat-focused turn, and we're here for it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Great. I'm, uh, oh, no, thank you for listening to the Spilled <laughs> For listening to The Spilled Milk. However, I, um, Justin Timberlake, I'm here to say, drop the the, just call it Spilled Milk, it's cleaner. I don't get this reference. This is from the movie The Social Network. Oh, okay. Okay, great. All right, I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm explaining the joke. Here's the thing. Hold on. I. Oh, my God. Okay, Abby, you're gonna you're gonna make this sound good. Hey, Gilbert. Hey, June. Could you take him for a little walk? Maybe you guys could go over to the playground together or go look at the dahlias. Actually, hold on. He's sitting now. <laughs> Is he ever? Okay. <laughs> Abby, I hope you're enjoying this part of the show. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay, I've just <laughs> sent off the child with the with the dog. They'll be back someday. <sighs> okay. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.